welcome into Bills tonight and last second loss by the Buffalo Bills. They end up losing in overtime to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 33-27 to is the final score. They scored 17 unanswered points to push it into overtime. Uh, a really last-minute effort yeah. by the Buffalo Bills to be able to push yeah, it was pretty frustrating loss because when he got down to it, there were a couple, a couple of you know, Steph Dig or Steph Diggs trying, trust trying to get the ball to him. Not in the first half as well. Late in the in the in overtime, he tried to. Late in regulation, he tried to. A couple of non calls that are going to have the the referee crowd, the referee causes the game crowd going crazy on Twitter. Um, even Romo and the, the announcers on CBS pointed out there was a couple of things that were called that you know that were just. Uh, the non-calls that didn't get called that would have really aided the Bills in certain situations. But you do have to tip your hat. Josh Allen was a warrior today. He really brought that team back in the second half after what what could hardly have been a worse first half for the Buffalo Bills. They came back, forced it into overtime, gave themselves a chance to win it. And uh, those are sometimes even harder to take than a blowout loss would have been. Yeah, first half versus the second half. I mean, the first half they score on one of their six offensive possessions. In the second half, they make it four of six offensive possessions. So quite a big shift from the offense from the defense when you look at the first half compared to the second half. But at the end of the day, just not enough to get the win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This was a win that this team wanted, that Sean McDermott wanted. He is now 0-7 against Tom Brady as a Buffalo Bills head coach. I know a lot of players on this team wanted to get that first win against Tom Brady, such a great quarterback in today's NFL. They'll get a chance again at some point. Uh, couldn't get it tonight, uh, but glad that they were able to force it to overtime. The first half compared to the second half, you were watching two different teams. Nothing was coming together in the first half. Yes, calls were not going their way, but in the second half, they started to string things together. Josh Allen got going on one drive in the first half where it was that big completion to Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, and uh, Emmanuel Sanders started off that drive, I believe, which got the Bills going into a rhythm. Then Josh Allen scrambled for 10 yards for a first down ultimately ended up in nothing. Uh, but then in the second half, they started to get some drives together where it was like, here comes the Bills' offense, the offense right. that, that we know from last season, the offense that we've seen at times in this season, getting back to their old ways. And it was all about getting into that rhythm. That's what we talked about a lot in our pregame show is Josh Allen is his best when he gets into an early rhythm, when he finds those easy wins, when he gets to his check down, when he needs to, uh, when he throws the ball away when he needs to. That wasn't the case at some points in the first half. So first half compared to the second yeah, half, think, how do you kind of uh, digest all of this with what the Bills did uh, most notably, in the first two halves? Most notably the first half, they never handed it off to a running back the entire first half. I think that was a, that was a case where you saw an offensive coaching staff, Brian Dayball, uh, Ken Dorsey, even Josh Allen, the players, they were spinning the dial a little bit to try, find out a, a, an answer for the pressure that Tampa Bay was bringing some of the things they were doing defensively. They were trying some things in their pass protection and in their pass routes with the, the timing of Josh route, Josh's routes, how deep he could drop, how much time he was going to have, whether they could decipher what the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were doing. I think they were spinning the dial a little bit, running some exploratory plays to find out what they were going to be able to do. And finally, obviously it started to come together in the second half. They did start to hand the football off a little bit uh, 
Devin Singletary had a couple of very nice runs in the second half, some timely runs that helped. Um, he, er, in the very early going, they were throwing the ball to Singletary quite a bit, especially on that even that first drive where he you know, got the ball three or four times in a row after the first down. Um, I think they were really – really trying to decipher what Tampa was going to do to them defensively before they came out in the second half and did it. I think, now, obviously, it took them a while, no question. And the fact that they only scored three points in the first half probably had them, you know, looking sideways at each other and said, look, we got to figure something out. They did get it done in the second half. They did come out and play a lot better and, and deciphered the protection problems they had in the first half. They, they straightened those out. Josh had a little bit more time, and they – they were more effective, obviously, in the second half. And I think that comes from what they had learned through a really bad half of football in, in the first, sec first and second quarter. You had 24 scored points in the second half compared to just three in the first half. Do you think there was one play or, or something that was the difference maker in how the Buffalo Bills really started to turn it around, whether it be on offense or defense, uh, aside from them just really figuring out how the Bucks' defense was, was going at them? Because in the first half it was – and it didn't really change. I mean, it was blitz, 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 which Josh Allen this year is not that great against the blitz. Right. He's a 55% completion percentage against blitz, and his yards per attempt average is low against the blitz, too. And so Tampa Bay Buccaneers were sending the blitz at him almost every other play, and it was, it was hitting home quickly. And Josh didn't have a lot of time to react. He didn't have a lot of time to look to his receivers. Uh, he was sacked three times, I believe, in the first half there. So what do you think was the difference? In well, they, the got, they found a way to get the ball out of Josh's hands, even in the face of quick pressure. Now, they started trying to get it to the back. Then later on, they tried to do some RPO stuff. That's what happened on the D Gabe Davis touchdown later. The, the Dawson Knox uh, touchdown was a 17-yarder. But then they also had a key pass in late in regulation, the, the kind of the pass where Dawson Knox was pass protecting, then just turned around and caught that pass to get him down deep into, into uh, Tampa Bay uh, ter territory. Those kind of things are what helped the Bills just decipher and combat the quick pressure that the Bucks were getting on Josh Allen in the first half. Uh, they did a much better job in the second half getting a hat on a hat. And one of the, pro one of the things they did as well, the running backs, Devin Singletary and whoever was in there, uh, in the first half, the backs were in the backfield. And if they were going to pass protect, I noticed, too, they would step up in front of Josh and wait for the, to decipher, and then the guy gets through, and they start to try and block him. But then it was too late. In the second half, what they did, they ran and got the guy up at the line of scrimmage. They went and met him three or four yards away from Josh Allen. Instead of standing so close to Josh Allen, the guy, the contact was right where Josh was or right in front of him, and it bothered him. But when they got out ahead of where they were supposed to be, away from Josh, and then engaged the, the rusher, it gave Josh that little extra time, a little more confidence to have a half a second more to throw the football. Also, the use of the short pass out to the sidelines, the quick so quick releases against pressure, those seem to be a little bit more comfortable for Josh in the second half as well. So their ability to decipher what the Bucks were doing with their pressure and have an answer for it in the second half was the difference. Josh Allen throws for 308 passing yards, 109 yards on the ground for him, 12 attempts, one rushing touchdown. He throws two touchdowns in the air and then that one interception. How much of a kudos does Josh Allen deserve in this game for, for putting up those types of numbers? Again, not like a, a crazy efficient day. I mean, he completes 66.6% .6 of his passes, but in the end, he hung in there. Yeah, I mean, it's just one more example that, you know, you look at that game, Josh was one of the best players on the field for either team. 
Um, you can say Tom Brady may be the MVP this year. I mean, mm -hmm. he may have a stranglehold on that, uh, given what he's doing. Although the second half was nothing to write home about, he was good enough. Um, and with the last play where the Bills blow coverage and have leave a guy running wide open in overtime, that's kind of tough to swallow for a Bills fan as well. But, you know, the two quarterbacks in this game were the keys. And Josh, at times, Josh was carrying this team like it was a backpack going to school. I mean, he had him on his back. Um, fought off an ankle injury late in the game. They taped up his toe. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on how bad that's going to be and how, how much that's going to hamper him going forward. But there's no doubt. 300 yards passing and 100 yards rushing, 3-1 and one TDs to, to picks. Yeah, he... He played really, really well, uh, even in the midst of a bad first half for everybody. Yeah, he's a competitor, and he's never going to stop competing. We saw that in the second half as they pushed into overtime there. Unfortunately, uh, couldn't score in overtime, had that three and out, and then gave the Bucks the ball. On defense, though, what did you notice about the Buffalo Bills defense that changed from the first half to the second half? Because the Bucks put up points in the first half. The, the Bills defense is the best defense in the NFL, and the Bucks' offense was moving the ball at ease uh, against the, Bu yeah. the Bills' defense. I mean, we've talked about the run defense and the issues that the run defense has had at times with some of those big plays that, that leak through, but the passing defense is also the, the best in the NFL, and the Bucks' offense was moving the ball pretty easily in the air against the pass yeah, defense. Had, of course, we know Tredavious yeah. White isn't going to be a part of this team for the rest of the season uh, with that ACL injury, but Dane Jackson did a good job holding it down. So how did you see the Bills' defense adjust over the course of the game to be able to limit Tom Brady and limit his offense? They did. I thought they did a uh, they did a better job taking away Tom Brady's first option in the second half where he had to pull it back down and then he had to make a more difficult throw at times. We saw him miss a couple of guys open uh, that he doesn't usually do. Um, they sacked him one. He got away from a sack one time and there was, it was negated by a hold on the, on the Bucks and a hold on the Bills as well. So it, they, they got a push on that. Got him off the field on third down a couple of times, forced him to punt. That was a crucial element, I think, was the fact that they were able to take away that first option to, uh, to that Tom Brady was going to look for and force him to hang on to the football a little bit better. And plus, they took some, they did a better job in the, against the run game in the second half. Um, they threw him for a loss on a couple of plays on first down, forced him into some second longs that helped him on third down. So um, they just did a better job on early downs, and they did a better job when they knew they were going to throw of forcing him to go to his second, maybe third option. All right, we're going to be hearing from several players and head coach Sean McDermott throughout the evening. So, center Mitch Morse is the first one answering some questions, so let's send it over to him. I think what we did was we dug ourselves a hole in the first half, uh, communication-wise, um, execution-wise. And, uh, you know, our, our big thing was, listen, you can't, you know, coming out of the half, you can't win this game in one drive. So we've got to execute, put drives together. And uh, we were able to do that. The defense put us in a great position to succeed in the second half. Um, yeah, I mean, this one, like every loss, is tough. Um, you know, this team has a lot of resiliency. Um, you know, I don't know if we – I think we did a three and out going into – I mean, in overtime, and then you give number 12 on the other side that opportunity. You know, he has a chance to win the game at any time. And uh, 
So it's a really tough one, this one. Every loss is tough, but uh, I think the resiliency of this team is um, is pretty pretty amazing. We also know that <laughs> there's a sense of urgency like every week, but, I mean, we're, we're really in crunch time here. Uh, we know what we got, um, but we have to put something together if we want to keep taking steps to achieve our ultimate goal. Mitch, you mentioned resiliency. Um, Josh and the offense, a little bit of a slow start there, especially in the first half. But you talk about the effort of, of your quarterback there in the second half and just basically trying to put it on his shoulders and do what he could. Josh is one of the toughest competitors, one of the most resilient football players and people I've been around. Um, never seen him point a finger except at himself. Um, the guy you can rally around, a guy who was in pain. I mean, you could you saw the pain he was in and was still asking for QB runs and still asking to put it on his back. And when you have a guy like that step into a huddle, you know, you're so prideful in having a quarterback like that and you want to do everything in your power to help him lead our team down the field. Uh, so this will be a game that we can learn from. Extremely tough loss, but Josh Allen is a competitor. And if anyone questioned that after today, then they weren't watching the same game we were. Two halves here. Tell the two halves. What did Coach McDermott tell you guys at halftime, and how important was it to get the run game going? Well, um, I mean, they had some extremely capable pass rushers. And anytime you can run the ball or have the threat of run, it doesn't mitigate the pass rush. But it puts us in positions to be successful at times. Um, anytime you get a chance to slow those guys down is a good one. Uh, Coach McDermott put the game in our hands like I had echoed before. Couldn't win this game in one drive. Had to execute multiple drives, play complimentary football, which is something he's always said. And uh, I think we did that in the second half. But, um, you know, like I said earlier, we dug ourselves, like you said earlier, it was a tale of two halves in the first half, wasn't it? I'm going to use the word communication. And I've heard you use that before, and things have gone kind of south during the stretch earlier this season. Can you maybe take us inside that a little bit? At this point of the season, what's going on up front from a communication? Well, I, I think if you just look at the first 10 plays of today, um, one, it was just one player off of one thing, and it was something we can completely control, whether it's echoing the calls, um, understanding the changes that Josh might make to a play, and really just keeping no secrets. Uh, I think when I think the thing that we got ourselves into was pretending like it was some big secret what we were doing. I, everyone on the same page, even if it's wrong, is better than four people doing the right thing and one person doing something off topic. And, um, you know, ultimately that comes down to me, making sure that the O-linemen get everything together. So uh, I mean, that was definitely one of the factors that played in that first half slump. Appreciate you. All right, that was Mitch Morse completely owning everything that happened in the first half, calling it the first half slump compared to how they operated and played in the second half. And, and he even noticed, too, this is crunch time. If we're going to do something, if we want to make a run at the playoffs and beyond, this is the time to get your stuff together and start winning games. They can't afford any more losses. They need to hone in on figuring out what needs to be done for them to win football games. Yeah, there's no question about it. They're running out of real estate to, you know, coast in. They're, I mean, they've got uh, some crucial games coming up. They've got to win. Um, they can't drop 
very many more games at all. I mean, they may have to run the table. It'll depend on how the rest of the games fall. But for now, there's no question their their uh, postseason aspirations are in their own hands. If they can run the table, if they can win those games, they're going to be fine. But that's a tall order. I mean, Eleven wins is going to get you in this year with seven with seven teams getting in the playoffs. Eleven wins will definitely get you in. But now you're looking at a team that's seven and six and playing like about a 500 ball club right now. They're you know they're about mm-hmm. as close to being as many wins as there are losses. Um, that's got to change, and they got to play more consi- more consistently, like they did in the second half tonight, rather than the first half. Uh, and like he said, he's right. The communication and the execution in the first half just wasn't there. But once they started getting it, and like I said before, when they started getting some feedback from Brian Dable and they started talking about things, then they started to get their feet under them in the second half and get a handle on it. They handled things much better. Plus, they found some things they could do and do well, and they hammered those pretty hard, and that's what got them back into the game. Execution and consistency are words that we heard leading up to this game throughout the week from coaches and players. I'm sure it's going to be much of the same this week as they search for their next win. All right, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are answering some questions right now, so let's send it to them. Change the momentum there, there in the second half defensively. I think we just had to, had to lock in on what we were doing. Um, in that first half, we were getting some big plays, and I don't think we could really go. I don't know the stats. I don't really know how we did on third down, but it just felt like we couldn't go off the field. Um, and so, second half, we tried to just dial in, do our, do what we do, focus in, and you know, it just paid off. Some of the blitz calls were pretty effective in helping you guys on the back end in the second half. Like Matt was getting home. Can you just comment on maybe some of that blitz pressure kicking in and helping you guys? Yeah, we had some good, uh, some good pressures dialed up. Uh, again. Couple of big plays, um, you know, changed the outcome of the game. Defensively, we didn't take the ball away enough to to allow us to um, to help us win the game. Um, but yeah, a couple of big plays. But you know, it's a good football team. Um, a couple of big plays. Y'all had different responsibilities, but from what you know of what happened on the final play, what what did you see transpiring there? How that happened? I, to be honest, I'm not sure. I was on uh, I was on Gronk. I was on. Number three, I didn't, I didn't see the play. Um, I was man-to-man on him, and he ran out, so I, I was out. And then I turned around, and the dudes run up the sideline. I, I'm not really sure yet. Matt, what does it say about this team's capabilities and mindset to be able to come back from 21 points down at halftime against that team? Even <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no moral victories in this league. Um, you know, loss is a loss. is tough. Uh, you know, but the the resilience we have to, to stay in the game and and continue to take one play at a time and fight back, um, you know, says a lot about the guys in the locker room. Um, yeah, you know, tough loss, but you know, we can uh, we can build some momentum off of how we played in the second half and, and carry it over into next week. Yeah, I mean, I was in, I was in the post. Um, the pattern pressure was to to my right, um, and that crosser. I think a crosser came from the right side to the left side. Um, I think you got Branch over there. Something like that. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, you know, they dialed up a good play um, versus uh, versus tough coverage. So, um, but you know, at the end of the day, we got to execute uh, again. You know, defensively, we didn't take the ball away nearly enough as, <clears throat> as we need to. Uh, we didn't take the ball away at all. But uh, you know, we got to figure out, figure out ways to to get. To, to get the ball back. What can both of you guys say about the performance of your quarterback? I mean, it felt for a while there like you put the whole team on his back. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a baller, and I go to I go to war with Josh any, any day, day of the week. How much did 
Terry's big run in that second half give you guys a spark? Yeah, there was a lot of plays the offense had in the second half that gave us some spark. Uh, they started moving the football, putting points up, um, and then we went out there was getting some stops on third down. And, and you know, as we've seen before, once we start playing complimentary football, this, this team's dangerous. Um, we just got to get there from, from the start of the first quarter. Mike, I know it's, it's no moral victories, but did you see anything in that second half that you guys maybe discovered a little bit that can spark you, you know, not for this game, but going forward, maybe a more aggressive style, anything like that? Um, I think we already knew what type of guys we had in this locker room. You know, we were down big in the first half. We came into the locker room. We were just talking about inching, you know, each and every play, just keep inching away, itching, itching away, and, and try to, you know, make it close going to the fourth quarter, and we did that. Um, then I got to watch the film to see kind of scheme-wise what we what we did exactly. Um, I, mean, I know the plays that we ran, but I, I, I'm in the back end. I can't really see what's going on up front. So, um, you know, pay attention to what we did scheme-wise and, and, you know, Obviously, we were doing well in the second half, so whatever we were doing, just continue to do that. Jordan, back there with Dane Jackson, you know, kind of the first real big out of the lights right. uh, opportunity for him. Uh, how do you think he did tonight? And yeah. how was the communication with him? Because that's a new piece of the puzzle. Yeah, you know, we trust Dane going in the game. Um, he's a baller. He's a, you know, he's got a lot of heart. Uh, and, and he knew he was going to get some targets today. Um, but he held his own. Uh, you know, obviously that that pass interference, that's an aggressive play. A tough, I mean, I, I mean, could have gone either way. Uh, but aggressive play, nobody's out there, you know, hey, Dane, you know, next play. But, you know, he made some big plays for us, made some big PBUs, some big tackles. Um, but Dane's definitely a baller. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. There he's telling uh, us that Dane Jackson is a baller and a boss. He had a, a good game. I mean, this kid was tasked with a lot. Uh, he played last game, obviously, but a different game plan uh, with the Patriots offense versus the Bucks offense. From Monday night to Sunday afternoon, the weather really affected Monday night's game. We knew the Patriots were going to run the ball, so Dane Jackson maybe wasn't going to get the look that he got with the Bucks offense in this one. Quite a few talented wide receivers on the Bucks offense, and Dane did a good job holding his own. What did you see out of this young player who's been thrown into a starting role? Played well. I, I, you can't. He did not stand out because of his poor play. It didn't feel like he was getting picked on at any point. Certainly the guys he was guarding had some targets. He took a couple of penalties even as well, but nothing that was egregious. And he was competing a lot hard, and I thought he held his own extremely well. I thought um, the guys in the secondary for the struggle that it was in the first half, um, I, thought they, uh, I thought they played very well. I thought Tredavious White, was his absence was felt. And um, even up to and including that last play that got loose in, in overtime, I don't know that uh, Dane Jackson or Tredavious White was going to make a difference on that play. It was a miscommunication somewhere, and somebody let somebody run. It's not really probably the way it was designed to have Tremaine Edmonds chasing a wide receiver across the field like that. But, you know, kudos to them. They got it done. But that's uh, – uh, as for the secondary, I thought with Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson back there, I thought they played pretty solidly. And um, I don't think that those guys – have any reason to feel bad about the way that game went for them. Yeah, I would agree. Devin Singletary, he had a pretty efficient day once he got involved. Four attempts, 52 rushing yards. That's 13 yards per rush for Devin Singletary. Also had 
seven catches, six catches for 37 yards, was targeted seven times. He's answering some questions right now. So here's Devin. Very heartbreaking. Huh? I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking. That's the only way I can put it. Josh was kind of the primary ball carrier, at least earlier in the game. How did you try to kind of set your head into the game, knowing you might be doing protection, ball fakes, maybe catching a little out of the backfield? Did it kind of change your approach a little bit for yourself? No, nah, my, my approach was the same. You know, whatever you know, I need to do to help the team, that's what I was willing to do. And um, we just fell short today. In the second half, did you feel like once you did start to mix the run in a little bit, it kind of caught them napping a little bit. It's almost like you guys lulled them to sleep, not using the run until the second half there. Yeah, we was um, we was able to bust a, a few a few big runs, you know, to help us get going. So um, I guess you could put it that way. What was it like at halftime, being down that you guys were? What was the mood in the locker room? Man, it was just the message was just keep fighting. You know, we know we was better than what we showed in the first half, um, and we really had to get back to being us. And uh, I feel like, even though we fell short, I feel like um, we showed we got some fight in us. What about the second half was more like you? Can you say it again? What in the second half was getting back to being more like you? Just executing. That's really what it came down to of this. Picking up your man in pass pro, um, if your number called in the run game, making a play, whatever it may be, that, that's being us, executing. What did you see from your quarterback today? Man, man. He's a, that's our general for sure. Man, he's a dog. Um, no matter what, he's always gonna give it his all, um, and that's what he showed. Austin, same question for you on Josh. I know you guys are close. I mean, it seemed like for a while there, he was kind of putting the team on his back. Pretty sure he's. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Um, he's a warrior, and everybody sees that. And you know when. The team rallies around a guy like that. It's it's going to be hard to beat. But um, yeah, I mean, the way he puts the team on the back, dealing with whatever injury he's got right now, it's um, we've seen it time after time from him. So no one's really surprised. But um, there's no other guy I'd rather lead us into a game. Well, so what happened at halftime? How were you guys able to flip the switch offensively? Um, you know, Dave just had a great plan coming out of the half. Um, you know, we found out a few things that were working for us and just stuck with that. Um, execution was a little better. Um, yeah, I mean, they were just coaching staff did a great job making some adjustments. A little of both. Um, you know, in order for us to, you know, really execute well, um, everything has to be on point. You know, every single guy out there has to be doing their 111th. Um, and the coaching staff did a great job putting us in that position to execute well. Um, and so we were able to see that clicking well. And I think with a loss like this, um, it hurts really bad. Um, obviously, there's it hurts. Um, but we're going to take a lot of momentum away from this. Um, there's no other group of guys I'd rather go to games with. Um, there's no other group of guys I'd rather go to war with. And um, we're going to take a lot of good things out of this. Justin, follow up on that. You guys say there's no more victories. but. Doesn't it matter that it didn't just go the way it went in the first half, that you guys showed all this going forward from this point on, as late as we are in the year, but how much you guys showed in the second half? Yeah, no question. Um, it shows a lot about who we are as a team. Um, there's no quitting us. And 
Um, I think that's a positive sign, what we showed in that second half. Um, and, you know, I think, again, a loss is a loss, but there's momentum that's going to come out of this. Knowing what you guys are clearly capable of doing, how frustrating is it to fall in the 21-point hole in the first half? And how do you get off to quicker starts? How do you play the type of football that you're capable of in the jump? You know, obviously no one wants to get into a 21-point deficit that early. Um, but um, we were put in that situation. We were able to come back and tie it up. And it just starts with one play at a time. That's kind of the repetition that we always say in the huddle. It's, you know, you can't score 21 points on one possession, on one play. Um, so it just the mentality of taking every play with a life of itself, with, you know, doing your job, doing your 111th. I mean, it's you have to execute each and every play. Um, and that's kind of mentality we had that second half. Um, so if we start taking that into the whole game, I think it's, it's going to be a pretty good rest of the season for us. What were some of the things that Tampa Bay's defense was doing, you know, against you guys in the first half that you were able to, you know, adjust, you know, in the second half, obviously? Um, yeah, I mean, they, they had a great scheme. Um, they had some great pressures that um, were kind of messing with us a little bit. Um, but after seeing those and after making the adjustments from the coaching staff, um, you know, we were able to – stop some of those and get some positive momentum rolling. Um, again, it was just those halftime adjustments that were so great from all of our coaches. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be other teams that try to scheme us up like they did that first half, but um, we're going to be ready for it. It seems like, you know, second half, it was, you know, try to get Devin involved. It seemed like when the run game got going, it seemed like that opened up the offense a little bit more. So will we be able to see a little bit more aggressive style, you know what I mean, from this second half all the way on through the rest of the season? Oh, no question. I think um, anytime we get him going with the ball, it's just going to open up the whole offense. Um, and nobody likes that more than the O-line and myself um, blocking and seeing him gash the defense because um, we know what that does for the whole offense. So uh, we always talk about being able to be two-dimensional, run and the pass. Um, and there's not a lot of teams that can stop us when we're doing both those well. Dawson said there are losses a loss, but there's some momentum that's going to come from this, and that's something that we all want to hear. Uh, we saw some heart from this team in this game, not in the first half, but in the second half. We found out it's still there. It's still within them. One thing that I also noticed about this game uh, that I haven't seen in some of our last few losses was the variety of this offense. And I know the run game really didn't get involved until the second half, but when they did get involved, they were efficient. And we saw several different receivers catch passes from Josh Allen. Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox, Gabe Davis, Devin Singletary, they all had at least five catches, uh, which is big numbers for these receivers to put up. Not necessarily big receiving yards, but the amount of catches that they had. And I know it's not like this offense hasn't tried to get several weapons involved at several different times, even in losses, but it was working in this game. Uh, how did you see several of our wide receivers be involved in this yeah. game plan? And you did have a lot more wide receivers active in this one too. Right. I, I, when you get down to, when you get need games, when you need plays in situations, I, I said this, I've said this before, uh, because I was told to it by some great football people. When you get into these situations like this, don't think run or pass or screen pass or long pass or short pass. Think players. Get the ball into your guys' hands. Steph Diggs, seven receptions. Beasley nine. Knox seven. Gabriel Davis five. Singletary with six. Everybody else had just one. A couple of guys with one. So you had, you know, Diggs, Beasley, Knox are the guys that need to get the ball. 
and they did tonight, uh, and it all came through in that second half. When you get into these crunch period, crunch time, and of course, you've always got 17, too. You can give the ball to Josh in his hands as well. But when you get into these situations where you've got to come back and, the, and you've got to get back into a game when you're down 24-3, to you think players. And they started going to the players that they can count on. And I think it's interesting that Gabe Davis turned out to be one of those guys in this ball game. When Emmanuel Sanders went down, it seemed to me Gabe Davis played every bit as we've as good as we've seen Emmanuel Sanders play in that spot. So I think they've got a lot of confidence in him and should have going forward. Yeah, in their last three losses leading up to this game, the Bills were only averaging just over 10 points a game. So good to see them to get to 27, even if it was a loss. I mean, you got to exercise your muscles. you got to exercise the Bills' offense. So it was good to see all these guys get involved still, even if it was a loss, because like Dawson Knox said, a loss is a loss, but we're going to have some momentum from this one, and I totally believe that. Let's hear from two of our defensive guys, Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace. And I know it's, it's kind of fresh, you know, just getting off the field and everything, but how do you think you held up, um, you know, kind of replacing Tredavious? I know it's one game removed from the Patriots, but under the bright lights and against that offense. Uh, I mean, it was pretty good, but, I mean, really doesn't matter. We didn't get a dub, so really doesn't matter to me. You know I mean? I played pretty solid thanks to my teammates supporting me all week and having that confidence in me. How tough is that play along the sideline when a receiver's coming back to the ball and, and the ball's thrown short out? seems damn near impossible to not make contact with the receiver who's coming back through your body, right? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty tough. You know I mean? He's a bigger receiver, so, you know, I just try to get my head around and make a play on the ball. I mean, it didn't work in my favor, but, you know, I try to make a play on the ball. Levi, what was your view of the call uh, in overtime, the pass interference? I think it was you or on Evans on that play. <clears throat> I mean, I think it's a bad call. I think uh, – I mean, I don't know. You have to ask the ref. I think I played it as good as it can be played. I'm sorry. I got to go back and look at the tape to be honest. See what happened. Um, I mean, it happened fast, so I got to go back and look at it. Was there any mix-up in the coverage on that play that you guys know of? You feel like the defense was all on the same page on that play? Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think allowed you to kind of hold them to three points there in the second half? What, what was working for you guys? It seemed like some of the blitzes were helping you on the front end. Uh, they were getting home a little bit better, moving them off the spot, but I didn't know if you guys felt there was anything else that was helping you lock them down in the second half. I think I think us just staying together as a defense. You know what I mean? We have our own pep talks on the sideline. We come out every time we step on that field, we bring it up and just letting each other know, like, it's time. You know what I mean? So I just – I think just us being together and just working together. Al, you know, you guys, they, they played zone coverage, but, you know, Coach Frazier was dialing it up so it was able for you guys to play a little bit more man and lock up your guy. Um, Planning to get some of the – you know, obviously some of the top receivers in the NFL. You know, how much were you guys up for that challenge in that second half? I think that just comes with the job. I think uh, what, no matter what Frazier calls, we have to step up and we have to be those guys that he can count on uh, on the outside. And um, I think we embraced it. We embraced it well. Dane played a hell of a game. Um, and we'll go from there. Dane, I know it's not either of your primary responsibilities, but another big run against in the first half, I think it was 47 yards. If you guys had a chance to look back at that play at all, I mean, what did you see there, and how does that keep happening to this defense? 
We haven't gotten to the tape yet. I mean, after that play, it's it's next play. You know, we can't sit there and harp on one play. That was the first quarter of the game, and we played five quarters tonight. So uh, we haven't looked at it, and we have to get you get you back on that answer later. Does it feel like you guys are getting onto something, though, the way that you played in that second half, just in terms of everything kind of clicking for the most part for 30 minutes? I think uh, it goes back to Micah and Poyer, just the urgency that they uh, bring to the table, as well as Tremaine. Um, just the leadership that we have in that defense, we knew we had to make some stops if we had wanted any chance in this game. Uh, we didn't start out the way we wanted to, but uh, we kept fighting. We were going to fight regardless of the score. The Bills defense only allowed three points in the second half. Of course, they had that touchdown in overtime. Uh, but a big difference, just like the offense, from the first half to the second half, it seems like adjustments were made on both sides of the ball in the locker room, and it worked when they came out of the locker room at halftime and started to play in the third quarter. Was there another defensive player? We talked about Dane Jackson already, but was there someone that also you thought had a good game? Yeah, I thought late in that game, I thought Matt Milano, mm -hmm. the sack he got on Brady late to, to send the box off the field to give yeah. the Bills the last chance at that last drive was enormous. And I, and I, that play coming off after, I think, a double foul where they had a holding on offense, holding on defense. It was another third down and five. And to get him for, an, I think, 11-yard sack was absolutely enormous in that moment. So Milano, I would, I would say, um, deserves some real credit there. He's so important to this defense. I mean, he, you can match him up against guys that you usually wouldn't put a linebacker on. And uh, we thought, and, and a lot of times, I mean, Gronk had a good game, uh, but he had five catches for 62 receiving yards. Easily could have been more. But I think at times this defense did a good job of, of limiting what he could do in his ability. I know Chris Godwin did go off for over 100 receiving yards, but the tight end has usually been something that the Buffalo Bills defense has struggled with limiting, with stopping, and I think they did a good job of, of not letting him do more uh, in this game. Yeah. I, um, the defense, I thought, <clears throat> obviously took, its, took some time to get its feet underneath it, but with an offensive, with this kind of weaponry, and the way they just, you know, they got the guy pulling the trigger who never makes really any mistakes. Um, you really got to tip your hat to the second half they put out. The second half of the Bills' defense went out there and put out was every bit the the defense, the the um, the great display that the Bucks' offense was in the first half. Um, you'd rather be playing good late in the game than than bad late in the game. So uh, they, they took the, the overtime, went the wrong way, no question about it. But the defense really was as much about uh, this game going to overtime as the offense was coming out and scoring all those points unanswered. And that was huge, I thought, the, the way the defense also rebounded from a, what was a poor first half. All right, Tremaine Edmonds is on the podium. Let's hear his thoughts from tonight's game. Uh, yeah, uh, I just got to do a better job of my eyes, um, you know, I mean, there's really no excuse for it. Just do a better job of my eyes and making sure that we execute at a high level. Was everyone in the right position on that play? And was the communication where it needed to be for, for that play? Uh, well, I mean, based on the results, I mean, you know, it doesn't look like we were in the right play, but, uh, in the right place. But like I said, man, it's just execution. Uh, you know, critical, critical times of the game, uh, you know, not executing at a high level. Uh, I mean, that's what we preach about week in, week out. And, uh, you know, that's what we have to get fixed. And, you know, in order to win these close ball games in those critical times, we got to execute better. And that starts with me being a middle linebacker. What about that play call led you, a linebacker, being on a wide receiver in that spot? 
I mean, it has nothing to do with the play call. I mean, at the end of the day, whatever play is called, we just got to execute it. Uh, you know, there's really no need to point fingers about the play calling. Um, it's just we got to execute, you know, defensively, whatever's called out there. Uh, we got to just bow up and make a play. And uh, that's the that's just reality of it. From an ex sorry about that. From an execution standpoint, then, how would you, uh, hindsight being what it is, how would you have executed differently, personally? You know, uh, just just putting your putting yourself myself in a better position to make a play on the ball. Um, you know, it's kind of hard. A lot of things was going on as far as exactly what happened. You know, I didn't even look at the replay of it, but you know, obviously, just wasn't in the right position to make a play. Um, but you know, they they made more plays than us. That run in the first quarter, what did you see on that play? What happened? And how do those big game-changing type runs keep happening against this defense? Yeah, uh, go back to the word execution. Uh, we didn't execute well. Um, you know, guys wasn't in their gaps and, uh, and it hit us. Uh, so, you know, we got to, you know, in particularly earlier in the game, find ways to eliminate explosive plays and, uh, you know, kind of dug ourselves a hole early, uh, you know. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I just want to say I take my hats off to, to the whole team, man, because, um, you know, throughout the game, I never saw nobody put their heads down. And, uh, you know, no matter what happens, I know we didn't get the result that we wanted. You know, I, I'm, I'm, ex I'm, I'm extremely proud of the guys, man, because when I look on the sideline, you know, everybody, you know, head is up. Everybody is fighting to that whistle hit zero, man. And, you know, you know, every time you're not going to get the result that you want. But to see that fighting your guys, to see that dog in your guys, I mean, what, what more can you ask for, man? And, uh, you know, so, I, you know, I got chills. Obviously, you know, we didn't make enough plays. I didn't make enough plays. But, you know, to see that fight in the guys, man, I mean, that, that's what you look for in a football team. Tremaine Edmonds saw the fight in his team. One guy who wouldn't stop until the whistle blew to the end of the game was Josh Allen. He's at the podium right now. Let's send it to him. Um, honestly, I, I'm not quite sure. I guess we'll do some more tests tomorrow, but finish the game on it, so I don't think it's going to be a big deal. How much pain were you in? We saw you limp you know, right afterwards and everything, and you obviously fought through it, but what's your sense of, of how it feels? It's pretty sore. Um, just, it's football. Josh, what kicked you guys into rhythm there in the second half? What do you think led to finding rhythm that's been kind of sporadic lately? Yeah. Um, you know, I think we had a good talk at halftime. Um, guys, uh, guys responded well. I know the score is what the score was, but I'm I'm damn proud of our team and how we fought in that second half. And you know, that's that's who we are. That's that's the team I've I've known to love and, and to know really. Um, guys that are just resilient. Guys that want to fight for each other. Um, you know, and again, it is what it is. The score is what the score was. But to come out and play that way, I'm, I'm proud of our team, of how we did it. Honestly, we wish the end result was different. But um, I, I'm super, super proud of our guys. Is it fair to read more into that, Josh, in the sense, obviously, no moral victories, you're, you're, you're saying that. But given what this team has been through, the inconsistency we've seen, Monday night, all of that kind of rolled into, when you look at what happened in the second half, do you feel as if you kind of found yourselves? Well, I think there's many teams that would have folded in that position. Um, especially coming out in the second half, and we didn't move the ball like we wanted to early, you know, getting the ball back at half. But we, like I said, we just got guys that we want to win. Uh, we want to be great. And uh, with how we respond in that second half, again, that's, that's the team that we've got to be going forward. And we understand that. We know that. And 
um, I don't expect anything, you know, anything else. Josh, we're at this point in the season that with this many losses, though, that the idea of controlling your own destiny may have gotten away from you at this point? I mean, I, I still think we control our own destiny. I don't know what the playoff picture looks like. That's neither here nor there. Um, but at this point in time, we got to go one and no each week, and it starts this next week. Uh, we got to we got to find a way to put together a good game plan, um, start winning football games. Um, again, we we talk about playoff caliber, and that's that's our goal is to to punch our ticket into the playoffs, um, no matter how that be. So um, that's looking at the bigger picture. Obviously, that's that's not what we're going to do. We're going to focus one game at a time and, and do what we need to do. Josh, in the first half, um, the blitzes were effective. In the second half, it seemed like you guys made some interesting adjustments at halftime. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, obviously, they were doing a lot of these, they're called change pressures, where they'll drop a, a D lineman and, and bring someone from the secondary or linebacking core. And um, they were kind of giving us some fits, and I wasn't seeing things as clearly as they should have. Um, but just getting back to some of our base stuff and relying on that, trusting the rules of, uh, you know, they wanted to bring that and typically resulted in dropping somebody. So um, just trying to decipher that, find the guy quickly and give him a chance. Josh, after the second half touchdown, one of them at least, maybe two, it looked like, you know, you went directly to the sideline. What was, what was going on in those moments as you were kind of dealing with the injury in those moments after that? Well, I mean, understanding the situation of let's let's not celebrate, let's not, um, you know, we want to be happy when we score. Yes, it is hard to score in this league, um, but the job at that at that point was, you know, we got to score more. Um, so getting off to the sideline, trying to sit down, talk with the coaches, uh, figure out what we're going to try to do going forward. Um, our defense played, you know, lights out in that second half. I'm, I'm proud of how they played. Um, you know, and unfortunately, they they made one more play than we did. How was the decision made, Josh, for you to stay in the game? You mentioned feeling pretty sore. Were the trainers obviously the trainers were comfortable with you with the idea of you staying in the game? Were you telling them that you wanted to, and, and just how was that decision reached? Yeah, there's no way I was going out. Josh, you were the primary. It looked like you were the primary ball carrier tonight, for all intents and purposes. Just what was your leeway there? Because I know you took advantage of. Openings when you saw them, even if you drop back to pass, but then there were other design runs. Can you just kind of walk us through as much as you can with kind of what the approach was? Uh, yeah, we wanted to get a little creative in the run game. And, um, you know, uh, when you have quarterback runs, design quarterback runs, you get an extra blocker. And uh, that's that's tough fit for, for the defense sometimes. So um, whether we do that moving forward is not up to me. Um, but again, we, we, I just want to do whatever I can to help this team win a football game. Josh, how important was it coming out in that second half to get Devin Singletary open? And how much did that help the offense from a structure standpoint? Uh, I mean, it, it helped a lot. Just, uh, I know when he had opportunities to run the ball. He ran it well. Um, made some good good plays in the passing game, too. And uh, we're going to need more of that going forward. Josh, Mitch said there were communication issues early, like he, in the first quarter. Yet, you guys got it going later in the game. How can... How does that happen early in the game when you guys have prepared and maybe scripted plays or whatever it is in the beginning of the game? Yeah, well, again, um, every game is a different situation. Sometimes you practice one thing and they can, they show something completely different. Um, but yeah, it's something obviously we want to work on. We want to be be ready to go right off the right off the rip and have fast starts. Um, again, yeah, it just wasn't in our favor tonight. What did Gabe Davis show you on that fourth down conversion? Uh, I mean, I got to the 
the sideline after we kicked the field goal, and he just looked over and said, thanks for trusting me. That's a, a guy that obviously has been limited in his opportunities this year. Um, but, again, he just he, he shows up when he has to. Um, and we're going to need more of him going forward. You know, I don't know the extent of Emmanuel, um, of what happened with him. You know, hopefully we can get him back as soon as possible. But, you know, Gabe's just a guy that, again, he doesn't complain. He doesn't say much. He puts his head down and he works extremely hard. He's, you know, one of the guys on, in the locker room that everybody loves and gravitates towards. Um, and typically when you, when you do that, you have that type of mindset and work ethic. Uh, typically, plays are going to work out in your favor more often than not. As much as it sucks to be down 20 points, it has to feel pretty good to be able to crawl back like you did. And I know you mentioned the pride of it. Can you put us in your mind or in the huddle as the game's going back and you are coming back and coming back? Can you describe what that's like? Yeah, I mean, I again, it's you talk about momentum. Uh, you can't see it, but you feel it. And when we're in the huddle, I, again, I, I we weren't going to be stopped in, in that in that manner. That's the mindset that we had. Um, again, unfortunately, they made they made one more play than we did. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and we can't uh, can't change anything. But um, I've said this before, but I think this win or this this loss can really pull a team together. And um, the feeling in the locker room after the game, you know, we're, we're pissed off we didn't win, um, but the the unity uh, and how we were brought together in that second half, um, I think it's going to pay dividends going forward. Last one. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I, I want to do anything in my power to help this team win football games with whatever the play call is, whatever the, the look is. If there's an opportunity for me to run um, via design play or drop back, um, that's, in my mind, that's, that's the best possible uh, opportunity for me to help this team win football games. Thank you, guys. All right, we've heard all of these players talk about this momentum, this fight, this unity in the second half, and I think you could bottle that up and bring it into the rest of the season because in the losses and even in some of those wins, it's been hard to find. We know that, that this is within that team, but I saw a fight, I saw a want, I saw a willpower that I haven't seen in this group in a couple of weeks. And, and that Patriots loss was tough. But the way that Josh Allen talked about this loss and, and how it can bring a team together, I mean, what can this loss what can this momentum do for this team going forward when, like we said, when, like Mitch Moore said, this is crunch time. This is when these games matter so much. Are the Buffalo Bills in the driver's seat as much as they were five weeks ago? No. They have got to yeah. win. It could snap them into a sense of greater urgency on a, on a regular basis. Now, you can say, well, where have they been? Well, you go into that game against the Patriots, there's 40-mile-an-hour wins. Everything's kind of different, and you're kind of fighting the elements while you're trying to play the game. And you go in the, in the rainstorm the week before, you, you know, whatever. Um, you get out there in, in a nice night, great conditions, and a chance to play your kind of football in a game that means something, in a game that you had to battle out of it, of, of being – uh, I use the, the dreaded word embarrassed in that first half, they fought out of it. And I think that mindset of what it was like to be out there competing with the Bucks, the world defending world champions in their own building, and coming back and scoring some unanswered points to get back in it and push them to overtime with a chance to win it, that's a, that's a frame of mind that you can get back into. 
and carry forward as you prepare for the next game. So, yeah, this game could reap some benefits for this team about reminding them what it takes to play well and play well consistently for an entire game uh, because they haven't been able to do that. Tonight they didn't do it. They did it in the second half, but they certainly started out slow. Last week they struggled to score points, um, struggled to stop the run. Um, you know, they've, you know, in New Orleans, yeah, they, they scored some points and, and played well. It was another nice game in, in perfect conditions. <laughs> but this is a game that I think was big because there are a lot of naysayers about the Bills' ability to go down to Tampa Bay and beat the Buc- Buccaneers. I think there was a lot of people who thought, you know, I just don't think they're going to measure up. Oh, their yeah. defense isn't playing well. You can't stop their offense. Tredavious White is out. You can't stop the run. They got Leonard Fournette. You're, you're in for some problems. And it looked like that was exactly what was going to happen until the Bills snapped out of it and started playing to their potential. Certainly Josh Allen was a big part of that, but his ability to find the other guys on this roster brought him back and got him to the chance to take it to overtime, which at the end of the first half, telling, telling people, Bills fans that you were going to take this team to overtime you, you would have gotten, gotten laughed off Twitter, you know. You just would have gotten because it looked that bad. And to have them come out and put together a half like they did, perhaps it will be something they can recall and snap back into when they start to prepare for the next game and when the ball kicks off next Sunday. And we've talked about it. This team is full of talent. This team is so similar to last year's team. They add a couple new pieces. They don't say goodbye to barely anyone. And and we know that defenses are going to play this offense differently this year because they have more tape on Josh. They have more tape on Steph and Josh. They have more tape on Cole and Josh. The pieces have been seen by a lot of people at this point. So you got to do something different. Uh, And we were able to see them come together and have some success where they haven't had success before. Uh, Josh in the passing game, Josh finding his receivers, Devin Singletary getting involved. We even saw Isaiah McKenzie involved in the offense, which was nice to see. I think that was a piece that was important to this offense uh, last year that we haven't really gotten to see this year. So we'll see how it carries over in the next game. I mean, you have four games left on the schedule. You've got the Panthers, the Patriots, the Falcons, and the Jets to end the season. Uh, some some good teams that you're going to face. Uh, the Falcons beat the Panthers today 29-21. to uh, So both teams scoring scoring some points here at the end of the season, but Sean McDermott is at the podium, so let's send it over to Coach. Okay, we'll open up to your questions here. Sean, I'm not trying to take money out of your pocket here, but do you feel like the officiating, particularly when it came to the pass interference calls, went both plays in that game? Yeah, uh, Jay, I'd just rather just say, hey, that's something we got to overcome. That's the piece we can control, and I respect your, I do respect your question. I know where you're coming from, um, but at the end of the day, we got to overcome it because we can't control it. Yeah, I don't know, really. Uh, I'll give you guys as soon as I get it tomorrow, probably. Was, was there any conversation about taking him out of the game? Yeah, our medical staff checked with him. Uh, I can tell you, being on the offensive line on the headset there, that you know there was talk about how he was, what could he do still, and, and so like, he's a warrior, and, and he played he played his butt off. His, his quote was, there was no way I was coming out. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise you, I'm sure, right? That's why the guys... Love him. That's why you know he's our quarterback. So. What did say about that performance? I mean, it felt like for a while there that he was putting the whole team on his back. Yeah, incredible. I mean, uh, look, I know we came up short, right? Um, incredible, incredible amount of heart and guts that they show this team, Josh included, right? But all of them, all of them. Um, again, we came up short. Um, they made one more play than we did, and but I love how the team fought. 
Well, yeah. Speaking to that, Sean, a little bit, I mean, whether you talk to Josh or, or the rest of them, it's kind of a, a theme that that second half, in light of everything that's gone on with this team back to Monday night, the inconsistency maybe went beyond, could potentially go beyond this game, that they somehow found themselves, identity, whatever whatever applies. Yeah, I mean, every game's every game's its own game, right? So let's let's kind of keep in, in, in check here. But um, I saw something. I saw something that, that I really... Um, I'm real proud of that, um, but we got to get ourselves prepared for the next game. Obviously, that's uh, each game is its own entity. So, coach, what do you uh, tell your guys? You know, tell the two halves. What did you tell your guys at halftime to get them to go out there and play the way they did? Yeah, I just felt like overall the the staff uh, made really good adjustments, um, and that goes for all three phases. And we didn't have a very good first half, and uh, I think we found a rhythm offensively in the second half. Uh, real proud of what Coach Dable did in the offensive staff there and, and then what Leslie did with the defensive staff. And, um, you know, just even the little things. I mean, the kickoff uh, to waste time towards the end of uh, regulation just n to not give them a chance to get a few plays at least and then kick a, maybe a long field goal or throw it in the end zone. I mean, I thought the special teams did a good job. And So, uh, yeah, again, came up short. Um, they made one more play than we did. Um, but I saw something from the team. Sean Tremaine mentioned that he wished he would have executed better and, and trusted with his eyes more on that last play. What did you see and kind of what was the plan on that last yeah, play? Yeah, so we were in a man coverage, Josh, and, uh, you know, it's one of those man coverage situations, playing them tight, and they ran a rub route, and, and uh, you know, usually he's in there to clean some things up for us, and, and uh, you know, that's, you know, um, he's, a very, he's a very good player. He's going to make that play, and, and, um, I know the look of it is, you know, a linebacker on a, on, a, on a wide receiver, that's not designed to go that way, but we got rubbed and, and he's there to clean some things up. So at the end of the day, look, they made one more play and um, I'm confident my guys will make it next time. John, what do you attribute the first half struggles to? I'm sorry? What do you attribute the first half struggles to the most? Uh, you know, probably us just settling in on defense, um, adjusting as, as the game went. Um, uh, you know they 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 had you know they hit the long run on us there in the first half and uh, we got caught in a disguise a little bit and, and didn't get over the top. It was an outside run with a, two pullers, um, and so you know give them the credit too. But we made the adjustments we needed to make and, and then offensively I just feel like overall you know I don't know just um, didn't, didn't really find a rhythm in the first half like we did in the second half. I really like how. Uh, again the adjustments the offensive staff made uh, in that second half and we were mixing it up. Awfully well, I thought in that second half. Sean, what was your thought process on two plays? The field goal when you were down 10 nothing, and then yeah. also the punt. It was fourth and three in the second half. Sure, yeah. You know, down 10 nothing, wanted to get points on the board there. Um, you know, and and then uh, to come away with no points at that point, you're down 10 nothing. Just didn't like that feeling if, if it could have gone that way. And, and then um, did one of I thought, you know, I left the offense out for a second, but I did like. Uh, I did like how the defense, I think we had three, going back to even the first half there, three consecutive stops on defense. And um, so I thought long and hard about it and um, thought giving us the best chance to win and, and, and we had a chance to win it at the end there. So, I um, mean, that could, could have gone either way, um, but I chose to, chose to punt it back and felt like it would give us the best chance, you know, towards the end of the game there. And we had a chance, but came up short. I believe it was Levi Wallace gets called for pass interference. Throws short. Evans is coming back to the ball. Kind of fights through his body. How 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 tough is that for a defensive back to yeah. not get called on that? 
Yeah, those are tough. Um, you know, underthrown balls are tough, and uh, you know that's we continue to try and teach it. Uh, you know, to to make sure our technique is is as good as it can be. Um, that's the part we can control. Well, when they the decision to not hand the ball off to any running backs in the first half, because it seemed like once Devin Singletary and the running game got going in the second half, yeah. the offense opened up. A yeah, little I'll more. just I'll just leave it. At the, I liked what we did in the second half, mixing it up. I thought Coach Dable did a good job there. When you're in that fourth and three decision-making process, does it come into play at all about you know not giving Tom Brady too many opportunities and being aggressive in that yeah. moment? Yeah, absolutely it does. Absolutely it does, and and that's all factored in in my mind at that how we're playing and the flow of the game and. You know, so we were down 14, still in the, late in the third quarter, albeit, but, you know, in the third quarter. And, I, again, I liked how we were playing by that point, made some good adjustments at halftime, and uh, defense had two uh, stops, you know, leading into there, three total if you go back to the end of the first half. So, anyway, um, you know, at the end of the day, I want to put my put them in position, and I thought we were in position at the end there to win it. The idea of moral victories have been said by your players. There are none. Obviously, you need wins. But getting on the plane tonight, I'm guessing there are some things that to stop you from getting into a dark place. There's some good things that you can pull out of this game. Yeah. Um, what, as a coach, do you do for getting your guys ready, getting them ready for next week and the whole thing? How do you, how do you package what happened in this game and, and give it back to them tomorrow? And, well, I think perspective is important, right? From um, in terms of leadership-wise, perspective is important, and uh, we're going down the home stretch here, so that we take them one at a time, control the things we can control, um, and really none of it will matter if we don't win, right? All the what ifs, the scenarios, this and that. The thing that we can control is is what we do, and that's that'll be our focus this week. Yeah, I don't. Um, I know it's his knee. I don't know anything further at this point, but I'll give you it as soon as I got it. All right, thanks, guys. Sean McDermott's press conference is brought to you by Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield of Western New York, the official health plan of the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott is right. All the scenarios, all the situation, all, all the ways they can get into the playoffs, whether it's having help from other teams or whether it's winning out the rest of the season, it doesn't matter unless they can control what they can control, which is winning these football games uh, to end this season. A game against the Carolina Panthers is next at home for the Buffalo Bills. They get back to those 1 o'clock games that they're used to having. So what do you need to see from this team this week leading up to this one? We need uh Two halves like we saw in the second half. Uh, we need to see, you know, a full game like we saw against the New Orleans Saints, you know, those kind of games. We need the defense to show up against the run game like they did in the second half tonight against Leonard Fournette and the Bucks. Um, they, they certainly also need Josh Allen to be healthy. Mm -hmm. um, he's walking out. He left the podium tonight. Uh, he's in a walking boot as he, as he gets on to come back to Buffalo. Uh, that's an injury that everybody's going to be watching with uh, – with a lot of attention. So um, his health is an, is an issue going forward, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how the roster continues to evolve at this late point in the season. Tonight, uh, Marquez Stevenson and Isaiah McKenzie were both active for the game, mm -hmm. seven wide receivers active for the game. Uh, Zach Moss was deactivated. John Feliciano was up for the game but did not play. Um, it, they continue to 
work this roster to try and find the best combination of guys at every position group to get on the field for whatever game they're going to play. Carolina will change that philosophy away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers philosophy. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But that's also an issue going forward. It's going to be fun to watch and see these guys take control and, and try and make the most of their of their opportunities, whoever it may be. Yeah, Sean McDermott said he liked the variety that he saw out of this offense, so we'll see if that keeps going in this next game against the Carolina Panthers. We're going to wrap it up here. Uh, thank you for joining us. For Steve Tasker, I'm Maddie Glab. Make sure you tune in to MSG at 11.30 for more sound, more highlights, and a better breakdown of this game. We get into a lot more things, so stick with us here. We'll see you next week.